everyone. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of Legends of the Spire. Dave here. Uh, now, on the podcast this week, we have Peter Levin. Uh, now, he was with us in the 2007-2008 season, uh, playing with his good mate Jamie Winter uh, under Lee Richardson. And we just missed out on the playoffs that season, uh, but he became a real fan favourite pretty quickly and even took the captain's armband during the time while he was here. Uh, he then moved on to MK Dons and Oxford uh, before injury cut short his career, but then moved on into coaching. And he's had both a spell at Dynamo Brest in Belarus, where he won the title and took them into Europe, and is now at FC Orenburg um, in Russia. Um, so it was really interesting doing a Zoom to someone director of Russia, good fun, uh, and such a massive country, it's amazing to hear about some of the away trips that they have over there. Um, as always, we are at Spy Legends uh, on Twitter and Legends of the Spy on Facebook, so do get in touch, and hopefully we can have Jamie Winter and Peter Levin on a podcast together at some point, because I think they are a real double act in waiting. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this latest episode of Legends of the Spire with Peter Levin. Should we say is a greeting? It's not dos dospadaniet or I know privyet. Privyet. Dospadaniet is goodbye. Ah, oh, there you go. So like what? Two, two and a half thousand miles away, something like that, is it? Oh, I don't know, me. I honestly, sometimes I think to myself, Peter, where are you? You know what I mean? I thought Chesterfield was far. Do you know what I mean? Leaving Glasgow, I days, man. People say, Peter, where are you? I'm in Russia. Oh, whereabouts? Well, it's like a two and a half flight flight from Moscow. The like. Where? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's a huge country, isn't it? It's massive. Mate, it's incredible, mate. Honestly, God, like the travelling, every away match is nearly two flights. So it's either Orenburg, you need to fly to Moscow, and then Moscow, you fly to whatever city you're going to. Yeah. So there's no light it's on the day, nine o'clock coach. <laughs> nah, never, mate. <laughs> yeah. You, was it, was it, I was talking to someone up. Recently, I used to think when obviously I was at Kilmarnock, Ross County away was bad, three and a half hours on a bus. Yeah. But there was a, there was a game last season, I've got them again this season, Haberosk away. And it was a two and a half flight hour flight from Orenburg to Moscow. And then it was a, I think, a four hour connection time. And then it was eight hours to Haberosk. Mate, I, I could, I'm really like China. You're right in the other side of the, the country. <laughs> Honestly, God, mate. You don't want to let a, let in a goal after a couple of minutes, do you? Once you've done after you've done that. Well, that's the thing. The home form is that team's home form is incredible because everybody's tired because it's the time difference, it's the travelling. It takes it takes everybody at least thirty minutes to get going. <laughs> uh, it makes it makes the trip to Yo trip to Yeovil look like a local derby. <laughs> Give me Yeovil and Ross County away any day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, but thanks for coming on. We had a good chat to your mate, Jamie Winter, in a previous yeah. podcast. Yeah. It was, it was very amusing. He had lots of insights into Lee Richardson and things like that, which I'm sure you can uh, <laughs> add a few bits to. <laughs> <laughs> so if, we, if we start at the beginning, like with your youth career, because you're, you're kind of a, a Glasgow boy, aren't you? And you're a Rangers fan. Yep, yeah, I grew up across the street uh, from a stadium. Uh, I, used to, I used to love uh, 19 up. I used to watch the training. Because there was the Ibrox Stadium there, and then there's like an uh, AstroTurf pitch next to it. And I used to watch training, and eventually, obviously, they picked me up and I started training with the team. And then it got to a stage where I think I was 14, 15, and I had a few clubs 
offer me contracts uh, and the one down south that really stood out was Man City. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Man City are not the, well, they weren't the Man City they were. Oh, yeah, at a championship, and they were often a good contract. But as a Rangers fan, season ticket holder, it was just it made sense just to go to Rangers, my boyhood club, you know. Uh, so I signed there. I think I left school on my 16th birthday. I think I, I remember the, the assistant uh, head teacher calling me in and says, hey, I've had Rangers on the phone. Uh, obviously, I had a chat with them and to go full time, I says, yeah, I've had the, the contract off on. He's, he's like, yeah, I would advise you to go uh, and play football. I was like, yeah, right, okay, bag, bag. Uh, and that was me, left school, 16. I was away. I imagine careers teacher, they get one in a million where when they go, I'm going to be a fo- I want to be a footballer, <laughs> where they actually manage to do it. <laughs> we fair, the, co- the assistant head teacher of the school, Brian McAlinden, he was a, a youth coach at Rangers in the academy. So he kind of knew, obviously, I didn't know if I was good or not. You know, you're young. and But he obviously might have known a bit as a coach that he's, he might have a chance. So he kind of said, listen, go and uh, chase your dream kind of thing. Were you always a midfielder? Because usually yeah. kids when they're good at school are, are in centre midfield, aren't they, where the action is? Yeah, I was always in midfield. Uh, I remember when I was younger, playing like under 10s and stuff. And and it was 11v11. Now the kids younger, they play 5v5 and 7v7, the smaller goals. And I always had a good left foot. So I used to just shoot from anywhere. I used to score something like six, seven goals a game. Because <laughs> the, the, the goals were tiny and the goals were huge. And my dad always said to me, just shoot like you're hitting a corner. I used to just shoot and I used to score loads of goals. So, yeah, I was always in centre midfield, yeah. It's interesting as well, because I had a chat with Mark Innes, you know, a fellow countryman of yours who also played yeah. Chesterfield. Yeah. And and he was a, a good left-footer. And we were talking about the pros and cons of being left-footed, because the con is that if the left midfielder gets injured, you have yeah. to fill in on the left. If the left-back gets injured, you fill in at left-back. And then you might be, might then lose your slot in centre midfield. So it's, it's kind yeah. of a, a help and a hindrance, isn't it, being left-footed? That was one of the reasons I left Kilmarnock. Because, yes, I played a lot of games in centre midfield, but as you said, you, sometimes you put left midfield and left back, and I hated it. Mm. And I didn't enjoy my football. And I just said, nah, that's not me. Um, yes, I'll do a, a job for the team now and then, but I just don't want to play there. Yeah. So Because yeah, you end up, ended up at Kilmarnock, didn't you, after... You were at Rangers for like a good four years or something, weren't you? But you had a... Well, I was at Rangers. Yeah, 2021. Uh, I was doing okay. I was doing well. You know, I was on the bench training the first team at 16. Uh, I was tagged in next Barry Ferguson kind of thing coming through. Uh, and then obviously had the, the, the knee injury, which at the time you don't understand how bad it is, you know, playing a pre-season friendly against Tranmere. I think a few months before, I was on the bench at the Old Firm game uh, in front of 52,000, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, wow, this is... And Dick Abacat loved me at the time, the Dutch manager. Uh, and then it was the next season I was playing with this reserve team and the boy stood in the back of my knee and I had a crack and I first thought I'd broke my leg because I had the crack and I didn't want to look and I looked and my leg seemed alright then I thought I must have been my shin guard that cracked but then obviously the scans and everything later it was obviously my ACL a cruciate ligament that had snapped and I heard it oh, what what pain I was in honestly my knee went up in a balloon uh, went down to London to get surgery, and he's like uh, Dr. Browett. And I think she says, I think she'd think of another career. Wow. Football's my life, you know what I mean? I, I don't have any education or qualifications from school. I need to play football. 
So it kind of made me uh, more determined to prove them wrong. Yeah. I suppose it's an unhealthy attitude to have, but do you ever look back and think what might have been if that injury hadn't have happened? Every day, mate. <laughs> every day. Every day. And I remember Ian Durant, when I went to Kilmarnock, obviously I knew Ian Durant from, from a young age, uh, ex-Rangers player, Scotland player. He used to call me what could have been. And that always sticks in my mind, I'm thinking what could have been, you know what I mean? And he always used to call me that what could have been, Peter. Uh, but do you know what? I, I, I could have easily retired. I could have been mentally weak. I could have been, the knee could have been worse. Do you know what I mean? So I just got to take the positives that I played professional football. Not many people can say that, but I do sit, sit back sometimes and think, ah, I could have went, I could have went higher, top. As Chesterfield, Chesterfield as a, as a club, we probably get quite a lot of those players <laughs> just because of this, I suppose, the level Chesterfield are at. Sometimes clubs do get those players, can't they? That, um, you know what? It's, it's Chesterfield was a great. It was a great time for me. They gave me the opportunity to play in England. You know, uh, me and Jamie always speak about it. Love the club. Love the city. Everything about it. And yes, there was some fantastic players there who will do well at Chesterfield and will move on. You know, because there's bigger clubs and more money out there that will take the, the best players from Chesterfield. But my time at Chesterfield, I loved it, mate. Loved it. Yeah. And and you came to us after, so you had like, what, about three seasons at Kilmarnock, something like that? Three seasons, yeah. Uh, it was, I think one of my last games was a cup final, Hamden, against Hibs. Uh, we lost 5-1. Uh, and they offered me a new contract. I, I just didn't like them. At the time as a player, I didn't like the manager. I didn't like his ideas, how he wanted to play football. Uh as a coach, I kind of see a different side of it now. Mm. Uh, but as a player, I just didn't think he got the best out of me. Like, as you say, playing me a left midfield, left back. He never gave me that freedom to play. Mm. I would try things in a match. They would go crazier and play simple. I'm thinking, but I can see a through, a through ball or I can chip the goalkeeper. Or I just wanted that freedom to play, you know. And it, I didn't think he gave me that. And they offered me a new contract, to be fair. Uh, but I just had a desire to play in England. I always wanted to, do. if I have something in my head, I'll do it, mm-hmm. like the situation I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to get older and go, why didn't you try it, Peter? If it failed, it failed. You can always say I tried. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I came down to Chesterfield, when was it, 2007? Yeah, two, yeah, 2007, yeah. So I'll go back a little bit. When I when I done my knee injury, uh, I was going to go out and loan, uh, loan stroke permanent move from me because I had enough of it just because my head was gone. Two years, I wanted a fresh start. I went down to Rotherham on like a two-week training trial. And the reserve team coach then was Alan Hill. Uh, and seemed to love me straight away. Uh, and then the club asked me to stay for another week or two. And I was like, I've been here for two weeks. You must know already kind of thing. Young, cheeky. No, you must know already. You know what I mean? Uh, and I was like, mm, I'm back up the road in St. Kilmarnock. Uh but then I went down to Chesterfield, played a game, I think it was against Matlock. Yeah, we were playing Matlock every season. Yeah. Uh, so it was like the training on the on the Tuesday, and I think they were playing on the Thursday, and I've introduced everybody in. And I recognise Alan Mill straight away, because he's six foot five, red hair, beanpole, thinking, that's him, I know him. And then we're doing a rondo, like a possession, and then he just looks at me, 
during the warm up goes, Rotherham? Like, yep. He just, he obviously just clicked in his head and stopped the training. It's like, ah. And then we played the game. And can, to be fair, the budget was gone at the time because it was late in the window when I, when I, when I made a decision where to go or what I was going to do. You know, me, agents, and agents to do my nothing, mate. But trying to do this, this, this. And it was getting late in the window and people were getting their scores ready. And uh, Chesterfield were actually looking for a left midfielder. And I was like, Field. And the agency said, Peter, just go down and get a game. There'll be other scouts there. Uh, and Lee Richardson said, I need a left midfielder. I says, I'll go and play. And I, I think I scored two. Did, did well. And they offered me a contract and signed it. And the first game we played away at Chester. And it was, I got put left midfield. I, like, I left Scotland to play centre midfield. Uh, and my mate playing centre midfield, Jimmy Winter. Thinking, oh no, this could be this could be awkward. Do you know what I mean? I could end up taking this position and <laughs> in the bench, and he might fall out with me. But eventually, in time, I started to get my position in centre midfield. Yeah. Yeah. Was it um, was it always a one year contract? Was it, did you only want a one year contract, or was that all that was offered? I wanted to play higher. I said to the club, "Listen, obviously, it's come to Scottish Premier League. I wanted to get League One." And I said, "Listen, if I don't like it, or if I'm..." You know, like me, there's a one year, there's a one year contract. We can, you know what I mean, and, and stuff. If I get us promoted or help get promoted, we can do more contract. But I just wanted a one year just to see what it was like, see what the standard was like. I never knew anything about it. Uh, I've never moved away from home at the time, uh, so that was. I think they were happy as well to do a one year. Uh, so yeah, signed a one year contract. English fans can be a bit sniffy of Scottish football. I think it's probably fair to say. Um, what? What was the difference like in terms of in terms of quality? Was it was it any different, better or worse? Uh, League two, League two is difficult, man. It's it's frantic, you know. Coming from Scottish Premier League, where I was playing against like Celtic Rangers at the time, then you've got Henrik Larsson, Celtic, Chris Sutton, John Hudson, Alan Thompson playing Celtic Rangers, you had uh, Ronald De Boer, stuff like that. People, top top quality players, but it was easier to play against them at times than League Two because it's just fantastic. You know, if you take a touch at Saltergate on a Tuesday night and it's freezing, somebody's just going to come and smash you. You know, so you need to be on your game every 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 day in training, every game. It was I found it hard uh, initially to start with, but you find your feet. You find your feet. Was it easier then when you ended up eventually going up to like League One? Did you find yeah. that it starts to get easier the higher up you go? I suppose you yeah, get a bit more. Because I played the MK. Uh, Don's were, were known for playing football and people kind of sit back and defend a little bit where I could drop deep and get on the ball. Hmm. Uh, but I found it easy in League One, yeah. Because obviously I went to Oxford after that and uh, again, it was tough. The the, the people not no, no respect. They obviously respect you, but they're not going to give you time on the ball. They're not going to let me stand in the middle of the pitch and pick a pass. So I had to, to kind of deal with that. So what, what were your first impressions of Lee Richardson? Because it's it's funny when I speak to loads of players now that played with him, and he's a very marmite. It's fair to say, uh, some players he he really liked him, and some players kind of were a bit destroyed by him in many ways. Uh, no, I quite, I quite like he liked me. I I I, I just find I feel he treated me well. You know, he was always honest with me. Uh, he let me do what I wanted. You know, and not not in a bad way, but he gave me the freedom to play. Uh, 
he would ask me things and stuff. And I, I, I obviously, I know the, the boys talk about his, uh, his mentality side of things. And uh, I don't mind all that. You know what I mean? As a coach now, I try and do that with the players and try and tap into their, their brain a little bit. And I, I don't mind them that way. The, the biggest thing, I think, that he lost nearly. Hmm. Uh, Scott Sellers came in. Love the guy as well. But I just think losing nearly, he lost a bit. Uh, with him, uh, no, I, I don't, I don't mind him. I don't mind him at all. <laughs> with a few, uh, me, him, and Winston, a few conversations. <laughs> I remember chatting the door, me and Winston in, and asking why we don't play. He doesn't play us two together in the middle of the pitch. We need legs. What do you mean, like, we've got legs? You know, no, I need the energy because it used to be either me and Derek Niven, yeah, together. Some uh, most games. And once we'd be on the bench, I said, come on, we'll go, we'll go and ask him. We used to chat with him every day, just annoying him, just to annoy him. I thought, can we have a word? He's like, what's up? He's like, what have you done? I said, nothing, nothing. He's used to, honestly, because two, two, two Scottish boys, you know, he's like, oh, no, what have you done? So if Sarah says, how do you not play us two together? He's like, oh, I need legs. I said, we've got legs. He said, no, I need the energy. I think it was me, I remember it was me or once he went, I said, nevin has got legs. I think once went, but he gets a ball away all the thing. Keeps on giving the ball away. He says, but he gets it back. So that was it. That was lyrics and saying, gives it away, but he gets it back. And then I said, but we won't give the ball away. I swear, I promise we won't give the ball away. So <laughs> this is me and Jamie <laughs> telling the manager to play me and him. Oh, but he must have thought these two are double trouble. He did. He did say that when when we had him on the podcast that you two are maybe some of the more vocal. <laughs> maybe it's just the the Scottish way that you were a bit more vocal in. I could, no, the, to be fair, the changing room is brilliant. I, I, that that makes that makes a good team. The changing room with me and once just to carry on every day. Like, honestly, the things we used to go up to, I couldn't even tell you. Then you had Fletch, then you had uh, Roche, Jack, then you had the wee angry man Wardy, Jimmy Ward. Just angry every day. He's still, I still speak to Wardy like every other day. He's just angry. He's always angry. Uh, but no, we had a great changing room. Some. Good times, Christmas parties and stuff, and that no, was a really good change room. But we used to have meetings every day. A meeting for a meeting. Was that going to Sheffield to train and then coming back for the meeting back to Chesterfield? We used to go to Sheffield and then we come back for a meeting. He's like, "Oh, how did you find training? How are you feeling?" We could have done that. You could have done that at Sheffield. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was just a discipline thing, or he wanted to feel power. I don't know. But now nah, some of the boys didn't like him. I, I, I didn't mind them. To be fair, he's on LinkedIn and I, I gave him a message saying uh, recently, I said, all right, Gaffer, hope you're well. I'm great to see you at Liverpool, I think is it is. I don't know, West Ham. Liverpool, I think now, yeah. Yeah, Liverpool, I said, great to see you doing well and that. He'd never get back to me, so obviously didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I'll try I'll try him one day, see if we can get him. <laughs> I'll get like a jury of players that like him and the players that don't and see if we can have some kind of, I don't know, I remember, I remember phoning him. Well, he phoned me because he wanted me. He offered me a new contract, didn't he? Because uh, Brighton offered, was it in yeah. this January? 125 grand, was it? Something like that, I think. I don't know what the, the final offer was. Uh, I think it started like 80 and went up to 120, 130. I can't remember. Uh, and I, he called me and said, what do you want to do? I said, well, it's up to you. I said, I'm happy here, but they're offering me this amount of money, three-year contract. I said, I'm up in six months. You've got me for free. You can make 125 grand. Hmm. And to be fair, promotion is more important to me. 
than losing my captain for 125 grand. So I was like, fair enough. That's that 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 that's fine by me. I, I wasn't. I want to move. I'm not training. Nah, I, I, I've never do that. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm professional, and I liked his words to me. He, he, he valued me more than the money. Do you know what I mean? He wanted to keep me as, as his captain and try and get promotion. And now nah, that was me. I was focused on on trying to get that. Yeah, I suppose it was a really like important time for him as well as a manager, wasn't it? Because was it that was his second season as manager, I think. And I see more of it now as as a, as, as a coach now. Uh, you understand, like my manager. Uh, Kamarnock, he see things differently now. He's a, he annoys me, but he understand it more now as a coach. And we lost our best player three weeks ago to another team. And I'm thinking, ah, gutted, you know what I mean? A top goal scorer. And I see why he, he, he done everything to try and keep me. Uh, but no, I, as I said, I, I have no problems with him. Yeah. Ball away by the Lincoln defence. Harley. Little ball through from Levin. And Peter Levin! Chesterfield restore their lead. Their two goal lead. Good combination between Leicester and Levin. <coughs> and Peter Levin scored his sixth goal of the season. And, and what were, because I mean, the team was really cool that time. Uh, everyone looks back fondly on those years, I think, even though we were kind of just missing out on playoffs and things around that time. Because there were some proper characters, weren't there? Like up front, you had like oh. a strike force of Fletcher, Leicester and Ward. Yeah, then you, then you had Adam Rooney come in as yeah, well. Adam Rooney, yeah. Honestly, I, I don't know. I need to walk back the season again and just see where did we go wrong. Maybe, I don't know, midfielders never chipped in more goals. We leaked. I remember missing a penalty against Peterborough last minute. That, that still sticks in my mind. Joe Lewis saved it. And I went that side and I never go that side. Still, still plays in my head. Uh, <laughs> Downsy, I remember Downsy being captain and struggling a little bit, and then I got the armband, which was a wee bit uncomfortable because like taking the armband off and giving it me. But I remember having a conversation with Downsy, saying, "Listen, you're still captain. This obviously means a lot, but don't worry about this. I'm just wearing it for you, just kind of thing. Just now, do you know what I mean? Mm. Just keep being vocal and being a big part of the changing room." Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it went wrong. I honestly, I don't know where it went wrong because we had a good, good squad. I remember we played MK Dons live on Sky. Uh, was it live on Sky? Uh, that was at home. Did we lose that one? Then we beat them away. We, we destroyed them at MK two-one. Uh, uh, yeah, so we, we, we mixed it with the best of them. Yeah, because if I remember right, that season it wasn't the, it wasn't the games against the top teams that we. The lesser teams, yeah. Yeah, which I suppose happens quite a lot with teams, doesn't it? What's the why does that happen? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know, mate. But it still happens now. And I go crazy in my team. So I don't know why. But just try and tell me try and play as if it's a World Cup final every game. Because you never know. It could, you're one by injury away from retiring or one year out, two year out. You just never know. You've got to train players maximum every day. Yeah. And and what was it like playing at Saltergate? Because obviously everyone Really love Saltergate, but we're at the new stadium now. But it was a, it was an old, an old, old ground. Yeah, but it had I, a lot of character, didn't it? I loved it, and obviously I played back at the, the new. I played the new one now when, when I was at Oxford, hmm. and I prefer Saltergate. I just love the character, the and and the housing scheme. You know, the the, the was it the little coffee shop at the bottom of the road. Yeah, Linda's sandwich shop. That's always a question. What what you had from Linda's sandwich shop? Linda's. That was a. An omelette baguette, I think, every day. Uh, loaded with ketchup. 
<laughs> uh, I just loved everything about it. We used to park in the little school around the back and walk around. Yes, it was old, but it was it had a character. You know what I mean? It, it, it history mm. uh, and the and the cop. And I remember one game was it Grimsby we were playing, and there's just a riot in, in the terrace. Just yeah, usually, to... usually when we play Grimsby, that happens. The fans were just fighting, and I was thinking, what's going on here? Uh, but it just had that. I mean, that, that feeling and nah, I liked that I liked that a lot. What what did you do then when you uh when you played for Chesterfield? Were you did you just come down and rent somewhere in the town or something? Yeah, we lived in Tapton Lock. Oh, okay. Behind the I don't know if the Tesco stole there. Mm-hmm. The big Tesco at the roundabout, we lived there. Me, Jimmy Winter, Jimmy Ward, Fletch, Jamie Jackson. Uh we all lived in there and it was that was not good, good apartments, cheap. Uh for where I came from, you know, in Glasgow it was a little bit more expensive, but Honestly, loved my time there. Great place, great, great little town. Everything about it, I loved it, mate. Yeah. And did that, so obviously you were coming to give it a try in England and, and coming to Chesterfield to do that. Did it, I, I imagine that kept the, kept the fire burning in terms of wanting to do more in England. Oh, of course. Uh, you want to just kick on, you know what I mean? You want to either take Chesterfield up the vision or you do well yourself and get a move. That was the idea of, of getting... Just we got in the league one, we had the players to do it, and it's just disappointing we never we never, we never got there. But as I said, mate, I, I always wanted to try it, and obviously had a good five six years after that playing in England. Yeah, and you chipped in with a few goals that season. I think you got six, maybe five, five, six. Yeah, that season. Yeah. Do you remember any of them? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember any of them? Oh, of course. Uh, I remember the right footer away at Wrexham. That was your first, I think, wasn't it? Oh, 4-0. 4-0 win at Waxham, yeah. So Jamie's on the bench, once on the bench, and I'm trying to concentrate. And he's Rangers are playing Leon in the Champions League that 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 night. It's a Tuesday night. And he's he's warming up. And I, I think I'm taking I'm running away to take a call and he's gone, Rangers are one on one now. I'm like, shut up, once I'm trying to concentrate in the game. <laughs> and then I think I went to take another corner and he's gone, 2 0. And and I because we're one in Wrexham at the time, 3 0. I'm going. Right, okay, who scored? <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's telling me when the Rangers score while we're playing at Wrexham, but I remember that goal. That was a good goal, right foot. Uh, I remember I, I, I chipped the keeper. I kept my chest, I chipped the keeper. Uh, I scored the free kick away to Rochdale in the last minute. Well, no, sorry. I hit the wall, came back, and I shot underneath the, the wall. Uh, there was a, a goal against uh, Lincoln, 1-4-0. Home against Lincoln, I think you scored there as well. I can't that one. Yeah, it's, it's funny that looking back at that season because, yeah, like you say, there's a lot of players that that stuck around for a few years afterwards, and and some that moved on. And there were some really interesting players. Like we had Felix Bastians that season. Yeah, the gym boy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, which obviously, I suppose he came in to fill the left hand side. Didn't he? <laughs> I was originally that I was going in the middle, <laughs> but as I mean, it probably killed my mate Jamie. Because obviously I moved in the middle and he's been to the bench. Uh, but Jamie was a good player. Technically mm. super. I don't know why he never played. He could have played the three in midfield. Uh, me, Winston, Niv. I don't know. Uh, but nah, as I said, mate, I still wanted to stay. That's that's the thing. Like MK Don's offered me a contract, which wasn't a lot more than I was on at uh, Chesterfield. And the Chesterfield upped it. And I said, listen, just match what MK were on. I think, I, I think it was a hundred pound difference a week. He's like, I can't, I can't do it. I was like, 
But seeing MK Stadium, Paul Lynch was a manager. I just thought they were a club. I know obviously people yeah. don't like the club for the for what for what they stand for and stuff, but I just love to be the play football and stuff. But and I know we didn't want to leave school because my mate was there. I loved it. I loved the place, I loved the fans. It, it was great at the time, but I just thought a little bit more stadium and, and ambition that you sold me into on the phone. Never met him. I signed and he, he I, I signed. I moved to MK, I signed, and he wasn't there, he was on holiday. And then when I arrived at pre-season, he was gone. He'd gone to Blackburn. And then Dean Mateo came in. <laughs> so I never actually met him until the second time he came back. It would have been really interesting seeing you in a John Sheridan team. Because obviously, after, after Lee Richardson, John Sheridan came in and a lot more football was played. And obviously, it ended up with a title win um, yeah. the first season in the new stadium. It would have been really interesting seeing you in that team because he was a... Played a lot of good football, John Sheridan. I remember watching that because obviously I was looking at old clubs and uh, watching the way they played, and it was very good. And I did think myself I would fit nicely in that team. But also MK, we played played decent football, you know. Uh, But no, I mean, I I did want to stay. It was it was love my time there. Just the training facilities weren't great. I don't know if they've changed now. I don't know where they are now. They're better now, but I think they yeah. still get better. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing with MK. They had a decent training facility. Stadium was fantastic. Uh, and the brand of football they played was, was decent, to be fair. Yeah. Like, obviously, I played against them that season, and the way they played, played was decent. And like you mentioned on the whole thing with MK, uh, that a lot of fans are a bit about MK. But, I mean, did that ever come into your thinking before? Before signing for them or not? Nah, not really. Uh, I never really took much into the history. Well, obviously the Wimbledon thing, and then obviously Pete Winkle and moved them. Uh, but no, I just I just seen the stadium and, and the way they wanted to play football. I, I'm, and I'm going to jump forward, but it was the same as when I was at uh, left MK. Millwall won the championship wanted to sign me, and I went to League Two because Kenny Jackson. I know Kenny Jacket and doesn't play that football. Yeah, I could have went there a lot more money, but I went to League Two because Chris Wilder told me he wanted to play football and play for the back. And I just want to enjoy football. You yeah. know what I mean? That was me, and, and it was the same MK. I, I, I just wanted to play a brand of football. I played against them. Keith, Keith Andrews, they had Navarro, they had Wolverham, they had Dyer on the wing, they had Jamal Johnson, and they played. Football and I was like, wow, this, this team can play. Mm. I was like, I want to be a part of that kind of thing. Uh, but no. A manager's, just, a, a manager's good at telling the truth when they're trying to get you to sign for them. I'm just wondering what, if you're like saying, I'd like to, I want to come to a football team that plays football and they're going, yep, yep, we're definitely going to do that. And you... <laughs> so I remember a time at Oxford, uh, I can't remember what game it was. Um, I'm coming short to get the ball and I'm kicking along and I'm thinking, oh, I've left MK. I want to play football. You know, we, at MK we played no matter what. Mm. I meant me just went crazy sometimes, take my boots off, threw them at half time. He's like, What are you doing? She says, I'm not playing anymore. He says, How? I says, You're just missing me out. Like, There's no point in me playing midfield, you're just going to kick the ball along. I'm coming short, you kick it, 
80 yards long and then I've got a 70 yards run to try and get second balls. What's the point in playing? He's like, no, no, I can't do that. Right, okay, yeah. Sometimes I just go crazy. I just wanted to play and just go, I just wanted the ball to be mine. You know, just play and don't care if you lose the ball, just play, play, play. But yeah, he wanted to play when we were winning thing for me. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting as well because sometimes you do get teams like during Chesterfield's barren patch of the last few years when we've been doing pretty bad. Um, you sometimes notice there's midfielders that don't really want the ball that much. <laughs> um, they're quite happy for it to pass them by. Whereas obviously you're a completely different mentality and you just want to be on it all the time. And when you usually have a successful team, you usually have midfielders, don't you, that want to be on the ball. But even now, I tell my players, if you give the ball away, I don't care. Just don't hide. Take part in the game. Just take the ball, take it under pressure. And just never hide. You know what I mean? If you, if you want to play centre on the field, you can't hide. Yeah. You're the pivot for everybody. You know, you're, you're the centre of attention for everybody. You, you can't hide. So that was my thing. I just always wanted the ball. And and when you went to MK, so it's like 2008, wasn't it? And you were there for a good three seasons there, weren't you? Played out of 100 games. Yeah. You, you got like, uh, I was looking, you got League One Sports Writer of the Player of the Year. And yeah, you know, you, you, yeah. You, the transition League Two to League One was pretty good for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I found it easy. As I said, there was more, more time on the ball. As I said, it helped being in a football team where most teams would sit back where I could drop deep, go on the ball, make things happen. But that first season, I just thought, goals, I need to get double figures. And I got 10-11 that first season. And then I was linked to Nottingham Forest for a million. Uh, and then they gave me a new contract at MK. Because I, I only signed up a year at MK. Uh, I can't remember, the money, the money was, wasn't great. I said, listen, Give me a year and I'll prove you wrong. Not prove you wrong, I'll prove you that I'm worth kind of more and, and show you what. Because when I first came in, I was on the bench. Mm. The first game away to Leicester, because uh, Leicester and League won it, I think it's crazy how times. I know, I didn't want it. <laughs> uh, so when I went to Leicester in the first game, I was on the bench, I'm thinking, I'm not this. And I went on for 20 minutes and I was decent, to be fair. Yeah, I got on, getting on the ball playing. And after that, they sold Keith Andrews to Blackburn. And that was me. I was in the team. Uh, Loved it under Di Matteo. Again, played football. I'm an Eddie Newton. He used to always say to me, Peter, why are you so angry? Smile, relax and play. So I was like, right, okay, Robbie. All right, Robbie. <laughs> so, no, I loved it. Getting forward, getting on the ball, playing. Good big, big pitch, great stadium. Uh, yeah, I think it's got 10 open goals and had a good season, that one. Yeah. And are those the type of managers you've picked things up from then? People like Di Matteo. Now you're in coaching. Yeah, from even the younger, from, from the Dutch at Rangers, when I was the younger at Dutch, uh, at Rangers with the Dutch influence, they got the car, they brought in academy coaching from Holland. So everything was drilled into me from a young age, uh, the Dutch way. Uh, obviously, Jim Jeffries, again, Scottish coach, but a little bit from him. Uh, Rico, yeah, the, the mentality side of things and the, and the psychology side of things. Uh, Di Matteo, even Ince a little bit. A little bit though. Uh, just taking that bits from everybody, then obviously my own ideas and beliefs, how, how, how I want my teams to play. Yeah. So after MK, you went to Oxford. And like I said, so you turned down Millwall to go to Oxford, did you? Oh, God. agents again, honestly. Agents, honestly, we need them, but they drive me crazy, man. Just take boom, 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 boom. MK, off my new deal. Uh, was happy there, settled, about to have my first. First daughter, 
uh, and agents in my ear. Crystal Palace, boom, boom, boom. As I right, we'll go and meet some uh, Met Kenny jacket uh, outside London in a hotel. So, right, Lebs, love you. Love the way you play. But we need to work hard with Millwall and we're in the gym all the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm fine, but I played against these teams that season where we dominated the ball and they sat back. I'm thinking, right, do you want to, are you changing your way you want to play? Are you just going to make me sit in there and be a dog? Or that's not me, you know what I mean? So I had to think about it. Uh, and then I met Chris Wilder, went to the training facilities at Oxford. Oxford, again, not far from Milton Keynes. And I just chose Oxford. Some people will think, what are you doing? But I was like, I don't know. I just want to, I just want to play football. He, he kind of sold me what, the vision of the club, they'd signed Michael Dubery, uh, John Paul Pittman that I, that I played against, uh, Paul McClam, ex-midfielder as well, like higher level. I thought, no, I'll have a bit of that. Uh, and I signed for them for two years, I think it was. Yeah. And so this is like 2011 to 13. So um, that's when Chesterfield had won the league and then got relegated. <laughs> two seasons running. Um and you played like what about six sixty odd games? Is that when? Because I know you retired eventually because of your knee, didn't you? But um, had See, that kind of been a hangover right from all throughout your career, really? Not, not as much. Uh, MK, it was okay. Uh, the odd day I would miss. As soon as I went to Oxford, I never forget. It was a wee accident in Stanley, and the pitch was heavy, really heavy, and I can't wear metal studs. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's in here or. When I put them on, I just feel like I want to kick people and forget about how to play football. You know, I just always had rubbers on and I just, when I, I felt my foot going into like a, like a mud and I just felt like a click. And ever, ever since then, I, I think I was the halfway through the season, I had problems all the way through for the year and a half. And it was a nightmare for me. There was games before, before games, like on a match day, an hour before the game, the doctor would be draining my knee, he'd be squeezing the fluid out, I'd be taking tablets. I took that many tablets, like my stomach cramped up and I was icing on the way to games on the bus, putting ice in my knee to try and get the swelling down. I remember we were playing Port Vale live on Sky Monday and I'm I'm on the bus and I've got the game ready machine, the ice machine on the bus, trying to get the swelling down just even a little bit so I could play. Because when the knee's full of fluid, it restricts your movement. And I'm not the quickest to play anyway. So... But there was times like the manager's like, I need you. That's why I need you to play. I said, right, inject me. Just inject me and I'll play. Uh, as long as you get the swelling down, I, I can deal with the pain. Just give me a painkiller, injection, I'll play. The fans don't they don't realise that, you know what I mean? Or you've had a bad game or leave him as shit the day. I'm only playing 30% fit, you know? And then I affect my training because I couldn't train. Towards, in the last season, I'd missed two, two pre-seasons with Oxford because I had to get clean-ups in my knee, mm-hmm. uh, which killed me because I had a pre-season. Uh, so I'm playing catch-up the whole season. Uh, but during the season, I'd play on a Saturday and I'd rest all week. I'd be sitting on an ice machine all week, take it home with me, and then try and play on a Saturday again without even training. I'm thinking, what am I doing? I was living on this ice machine 24 hours a day. And I got to a stage, obviously, like Peter, your knee's struggling. Uh, we're not going off your contract. So, fair enough. I'm going to prove you wrong, kind of thing. Actually, me, Scottish, like, 
ego, like, oh, how dare you, do you know what I mean? Get, let me go. Nobody's ever let me go. Uh, left. Uh, went to, when did I go? I went to, I went to America to see if the heat would help my knee, you know, the sun and see if that would help my knee, help the joints and stuff. Nah, again, blew up like a balloon. Went to Iceland to see if the cold would help my knee. Just trying everything. <laughs> again, but up like a balloon. I thought, this is me. This is, and it was hard because people retire when, most people retire when they feel like oh, I've had enough. Mm. I don't want to retire. You know what I mean? And, and, it, and it, it was hard at the time and it's difficult being a football player and I just started my B licence and then no phone calls, nobody wants you, nobody asks how you are. It's difficult, it's difficult yeah. here. It's, it's been, it was a tough two year after quitting football, yeah, not going to lie. We've had so many players that I've spoken to and the majority, I'd say, have ended up with bad knees or um, shoulders or backs or, you know, it's kind of really commonplace, isn't it? But a lot of players don't really get to retire how they want to retire, do they? It's something yeah. that happens. But if you ask me again, would I do it again? 100%. Yeah. Which is the same for every everyone I speak to as well. They always say, "Yeah, completely." Different. It's it's the best feeling in the world playing football, stepping on a pitch after the game, three points, scoring a goal. Nothing can compare. It's it's unbelievable. Celebrating with the fans, and it's the best feeling in the world, mate. Hmm. What what's it like scoring from the halfway line? Like did when you were at Oxford? You know, I tried quite. I tried it quite a lot in my career. Uh, I, I scored one no from half feeling like Chesterfield maybe like 40 yards out to keep it and I loved them people probably say it's my best goal but I scored one with my right foot at Oxford when I chipped the goalkeeper and I liked that better that was nice uh, to be fair I gave the goal away five minutes before I never matched my runner and the captain Jake shouted at me Levs it's your fault you never matched your runner it's not, it's not, it's not my fault then when I scored, I was like, sorry, Jake, yeah, it was my fault. <laughs> so I took responsibility when I scored to, to make it 2-1. Uh, but that was a nice goal, mate. Uh, I never won played the goal of the year, though. I came second. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they score from? <laughs> uh, Peter Whittingham. Uh, oh, okay. God rest his soul. Uh, scored an unbelievable goal. Touch, thigh, volley, top corner. So, no, he, he won it. Yeah, he did score some incredible goals, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did play for Jarrow for a bit, didn't you? Yeah, because I moved up to Newcastle uh, and the local paper done a little article on me. Uh, what was it? What? I can't remember how it started. I think I was running in my local pitch in Newcastle and there was a game. I said, oh, can I join in, boys? Can I join in? I had a ball. Joined in. She said, listen, you're not bad. I said, oh, thanks. She said, we've got a local team, Jarrow, if you want to come and play. And like, I said, I can't come and play. So I didn't realise, like, Jarrow, like, Northern Premier League, good standard. Yeah. Wow, because these players don't want to go full-time. So they'll go part, part-time where, they, and they don't want to travel. If they've got a division, they'll travel further. Mm-hmm. So Northern Premier League, just stay in the kind of northeast region. Some good players. And I was like, so I, I, I kind of played there for a bit, coached for a bit. There was quite a good bit of coverage up there. And then a coach from Middlesbrough called me, saying, oh, Peter, I heard you in the northeast. You're doing your licenses. Why don't you come in and, and coach in an academy at Middlesbrough? So that kind of uh, got the ball run for coaching career, which at Middlesbrough, 
what an academy. So I, I learned so much there. I was only there for a year. I learned so much. Didn't want to leave, but the chance to go, to be assistant manager in the Scottish Premier League at 29. Spoke to the academy manager, Dave Parnaby, who was brilliant. He says, Peter, because I was only part-time at Middlesbrough. He says, Peter, you can't turn this, you can't turn that down. We look, we want to keep you here, but you can't turn that down uh, to be the experience you can get doing that. So that that's that's where I where I ended up in the coaching career that way. How did you end up getting that role then, the um, assistant manager role? The manager was Gary Locke, who I played with at Kilmarnock. Uh, and obviously my ties at the club, being there for, for, for three years as a player. I uh, always spoke to Gary and he's like, Peter, would you fancy coming up being one of my assistants? Uh, no problem. And 29, I couldn't turn that down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you've ended up <laughs> having a bit of a, a bonkers coaching career after that. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. unconventional, it's fair to say. So you ended up then as assistant head coach at Dynamo Brest, so Belarus. Yeah. I just, again, I wanted to try abroad. Like, as a player, I wanted to try England. I just, I just see like all these English Premier League managers before. Hmm. Well, what, what are they doing in these countries that we need to hire them in, in our country kind of thing? Yeah. So I, I want to go abroad and learn. Uh, I spoke to the wife. I said, listen, I want to do it. I want to go and learn different culture, different language, test myself again. If it doesn't work, I come back. So Christian Spiff, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, knew what's with someone in Ukraine, Yuri, and he came back with the Dynamo Brest. But they'd already got the, the first team squad staff in place because the season had already started. He'd go over and run the academy and be second, the B team manager. And they said, within a year, you go to the first team. So within two months, they moved me up. They sacked the manager. The assistant moved up and moved me up to assistant uh, in the first team. Uh, and we finished the season. I think we finished like fifth. And what I've seen in the, in the last seven games, that we had a right chance for the following season. If we just had a good pre-season, uh, me and Marcel got the right players in and we, and we worked on them every day. We went, we went to like Dubai for pre-season two weeks. Turkey for two weeks and Spain for two weeks. I think this is unbelievable, this. Uh, but the main team in, in Belarus was Batty, Batty Borisov. You know, everybody they've played in UEFA. Yeah, yeah. UEFA Cup, Champions League against Arsenal and Chelsea and done all right. So they've won 13 years in a row. Uh, and the club I was at never even been first, second, or third in, in the table. So we put a lot of work in and it paid off. We lost one game in the whole season and became champions. Yeah, which is, which is, I mean, us. It's it's amazing, really. It, it, was it like the language barrier and stuff like that? Did you did, did you kind of find ways to work around it? I suppose international. Oh, full time translator. Hmm. Uh, some of the boys at the time could speak English, uh, but no, just, just go for the translator. It's, it's a difficult language, but as I said, I took that risk to go abroad, won the league, won two cups, coached in the UEFA Cup, qualified for the Champions League. So it was it was a gamble that, that it worked at the time, you know. Uh, but no, I enjoyed it. Yeah, the language is difficult, but I'm getting better. Yeah. Шотландский специалист Питер Левин вошел в тренерский состав Академии Динамо Брест. С 98 по четвертый год выступал за Рейнджерс, где вместе с ним тренировались такие игроки, как Пол Гаскайн, Брайан Лаудруп, 
Микель Артета, Дженнара Гатуза, Клаудио Каниджа и другие. В Джерс Питер работал под руководством Уолтера Смита и Дика Адвоката. В 2002 году он получил серьезную травму колена, из-за которой лечился на протяжении двух лет. С 4 по 7 играл в шотландском Килморнаке, вызывался в молодежную сборную страны, после чего переехал в Англию и подписал контракт с Честерфилдом. Yes, so we left the Amo Brest. I won't get into the politics of it. Uh, some of the, the owners over here are a little bit crazy. Uh, so we left there. We left. We left. Left the three medals in 18 months. You know, left with UEFA Cup experience, qualified Champions League, lost one game in all competitions in one year. So it was good. Uh, and we sat down and said, "Listen, where do you want to go?" He said, "I don't know. We'll just wait and see what happens." Had a few offers. Uh, and then this Orenburg came up. He said, "Peter, what do you fancy Orenburg?" And I'm like, "Where?" <laughs> well, not, e not even what country, what area, no, the country is it in, but what country? Either Germany or Poland or Czech or <sighs> yeah, I said, right, okay. I said no. To be fair, I said no to start with. He came in September. He's calling me September, October, November. I'm like, nah, I'm not going. I said it's too far away. And then nothing came up for me back home. I was like, right, I'm coming. Is it really good? So we came. I came in December. I think we're, I think we were third at the time. And then again, we went to Turkey for six weeks, like a winter camp, because ridiculously the winter here. When I first arrived here, it was minus thirty-three. On <laughs> Dave, I couldn't believe my, my eyelashes were freezing up. I swear to God, I'm like, this is unbelievable. This this cold. So we went to Turkey for for six weeks camp, and we just drilled in what we wanted, and we went on a run. And we, we finished second uh, and we got automatic promotion. But we never got automatic promotion. We stayed in the, FN, the, the same league. Uh, how's that work? They said our stadium wasn't big enough. Again, I don't want to get into politics. politics. But, but our stadium is lovely. It's like Chesterfield Stadium. Small, compact. It's a new stadium. But I think our stadium only holds 8,000 and they said, oh, it needs to hold 10,000. So they never put us up. So we're going to have to rebuild the stadium and we're going to have to do it again for the season. And it's going all right so far. Yeah, we're still, we're second. Yeah, we're doing all right. We, <laughs> the last three games, we've not played well. For me, we've not played with the ball enough. Uh, and we've won 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. I can't remember what it was. Done all right, but not played well enough. The other day, we played really well. Lost three now, <laughs> so that's that just that just sums up football for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, some dodgy decisions by the referee, but I'll not get that either. So, what's the is the style of football that much that that much different? Because obviously, in English football, you get these spells of formations, don't you? That that certain managers will come in and be successful with something. So you'll you know everyone's playing four four two, and then everyone's playing not everyone's playing three at the back now. Um, and no doubt it'll change again in a few years. Is that does that travel right around the world yeah. or is the yeah, yeah. There's a team here called Alani of Ladikakas. And I call it kamikaze football, honestly. It's so they play they play four at the back, yeah, but they'll they'll wing their full backs will go as high as they can. Two centre backs will split and the goalkeeper comes out like a centre back. And I, I I don't I don't mean just an 18 yard box, he comes out to play. <laughs> And when they defend, 
they leave three up the pitch. They just leave three up the pitch. They do not come back. And it works sometimes, but then other times they get killed. Kamikaze football, but it's quite interesting some of the things that I've seen. But no, no, some of the teams here, people think, oh, Russian second, second league, but it's not a bad standard, to be fair. We're only allowed four foreigners and a squad. Which limits limits you, but you must, which I quite like, you must have two under 21s in the starting team, which is good to develop players, yeah. you know, which is a quite good concept. But uh, no, I'm enjoying it, mate. Uh, challenge of being difficult being, being away from home family and friends uh, but this is just my path right now mate hopefully it leads me back to back home or in Europe where I want to be be a manager one day and, and try and be successful do you have a long term plan or is it just kind of see what see no, where the wind takes you no I want to go to the top mate yeah, I'm just driven mate I just want to I want to be that's why I came abroad I, I want to coach in the Champions League I want to be manager in the Champions League level if I don't get it I don't get it but I'm going to try you know what I mean it's, I could have easily sat in Newcastle Scotland and went under 18's academy or you know what I mean just be comfortable and nah, I need pressure I need pressure I need to play for three points I need to be a place where I don't speak the language I need to learn you know what I mean I need to learn fast and that's just me mate. I just need to live on the edge yeah do you, do, have you started to get Kind of people interested over in the UK again now. Are you a bit, you know, do you, do you get on back on the radar by going abroad, or do you? No, I think it's probably been the opposite way. At, at the start, when, when I won in Belarus, people were phoning me up, but people kind of start to forget about you. And I'm not the person to, to put myself out there. I don't go on social media. Oh, um, what a result this week! And nah, that, that's not me. People tell me, Peter, you need to put yourself out there. You need to start networking. I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I, I, you know what I mean? Why, why should I? Is it just lazy on their part to, to Google where I am or pick up the phone? How are you getting on? Do you know what I mean? Or when I send my CV into clubs, like, did they read it properly? You know what I mean? Uh, like, I'm only 37. I've won in Belarus. I've won in Russia. I've been assistant manager when I was 29 at Kamarnock. I had a, I've had a decent football career. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it just lazy or is it, is it, does it go for the safe option or am I at risk? I don't know. You know what I mean? But I'll just keep working hard, mate, and just keep learning and Hopefully one day I can get there. Yeah. Yeah, great. It's really interesting. I've become like a, a kind of my Russian team of choice now. <laughs> Check on the results every now and then. See how it's going. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and, and to take it back to back to Chesterfield, it was it was funny talking to Jamie Winter when he was talking about how you had the trip to trip to Rangers. Oh, for the old fun game? With a few of the yeah, with the with a few of the players. Yeah, because, you know, as you said earlier, people can have oh, Scottish football and you just look at the players that come up to Scotland recently, like Joey Barton came up, struggled. Roy Keane came up and struggled when he played. Uh, the big centre-back at Brighton, what's his name? Oh, I came to Celtic last season on loan, struggled. Uh, a few players come up and struggle and find it tough because it's, it's a tempo to play at, you know? And I said to him, listen, Come and watch a Rangers Celtic game and see the atmosphere and see the passion and see what it's like. And we took them up. I think it was me, Wince, Phil Pickin, Lowry and Fletch. So I, I jumped in the car and we drove up and I think they're choosing again. And they just, Gaffer, there's any chance we can have like Wednesday and can you put back Wednesday off? I think they had Wednesday off anyway, yeah? So 
I think we asked them to put training Tuesday earlier in the morning, so we could have training, drive up, and then I said to him, I think I think I asked him, can we put training on the Thursday in the afternoon? I said, please, please, and he's like, all right, okay. Team building. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Team building, five players. So we drove up, loved it. Uh, I think we just wanted to be fair. But then on the way back, it was snowing. It was horrendous. I think I was coming across. No, the A69. What's the one after that? Through the mountains, over the hills. Yeah, like, like what, like Snake Pass? and Yeah, some of that. Yeah. They're, all, they're all sleeping. And I'm, I've got a window bike was on, and the snow, and I'm going to 20 mile an hour. I'm thinking, oh my God, what a nightmare this was. <laughs> what a nightmare. So I just, just turned the radio up and I put the heating on just, just to annoy them, keep them awake. But no, it was a it was a good trip to be fair. Uh, I think I loved it to be fair. Big Fletch, Big Fletch is doing all right, isn't he? Yeah, he seems doing great. Yeah, he's another one I need to get on sometime. Um, and I was talking to a fan the other day, um, something to kind of finish off. But I was talking to a fan, and he said that it seems like there's a lot of players that seem to have a fondness for Chesterfield, even though they don't really play for them. They might not play only played for a season or so. Yeah, it seems to be a common thing that ex-Chesterfield players have a fondness, and we were just discussing whether that's a uh, a thing that happens everywhere, or whether there's something about Chesterfield that they thought that players connect with somehow. Uh, no, I've liked all my clubs that I've been at, and I've all got good memories. I think it depends on on the individual. If I had a good time there, if you settled there, you know, I loved it because it was my first club in England. I'll always be like so thankful the club gave me the opportunity. They gave me the armband, the fan. I love the fans, mate. Home and away, man. Honestly, brilliant. Uh, met some good people. Big tank, good friend that I still, still speak to now and again. Uh, my best mate was there once. Good, good, good group of people. I love the town. I love the little town. We used to go to the little Chinese restaurant. Uh, well, once or more, once, once I was at the Chinese restaurant one. Uh, but I just love that even Santi you know Santi owns VK yeah, Santi yeah. still speak to Santi I met, I met him in Mallorca a few years ago bumped into him uh, but no I love the place mate great memories I, I said to him once we need to go back for like a, a weekend one time uh, get everybody back and have, have a good have a good night 